I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Diminishing the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind in the business Got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds Got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, they used to pull a kasha Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening You're pinning words All like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Red Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest. Why are you staring at me all crazy? I'm not staring at you all crazy. <laughs> Stop it. And you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Well, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what? Have you thought of a new thing yet? 2017. 2017. Uh, <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. Huh? It, it'll come. It'll <laughs> we come. used to be 100 for uh-huh. years. And then Larry, and then Larry came again. and just stole it from my brother. You, know, keep, you like, keep it 101. How about that? Well, we we did, did do that for a minute. And then somebody came in and was like, y'all, your guys are way better than 100. So and we I was like, like, so yeah. So we're coming up with something So we new. started doing 2015, 16. Now we're in 17. So we're like, okay. we need a new shit. So we'll figure it out. Uh, so How about Black Panther? We just keep it Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> we keep it Wakanda. Wakanda. We keep it Wakanda. We keep it Wakanda. We keep it Wakanda. All right, remind me at the end. Let's mm-hmm. keep that shit going. All right. So y'all know how we do it on the rant room on the show. We can't. I'm about to go right back forth. We keep it real. <laughs> on the show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Mm. So y'all hear a voice. Mm. Little Miss Interruption. Yes. Little Miss Black. Hey, I have recuperated from my New Orleans trip, y'all. Yeah? Mm. Hey, I done ate so much alligator. <laughs> <laughs> the alligator guard. Too I done drank so many drinks. <laughs> I saw so many good men's. Right. Hey, shout out to that stripper with the writing group that I went with. Because it was a real girls trip. Really? And, you know, went to the strip club. Right. And there was a stripper there. And one of the writers that was with me, mm-hmm. um, you know you got skills when you could take somebody's makeup off with one titty pool Damn. yes and I sat there and I thought God bless her I respect skills so shout out to her and you know what to the chef at uh, the Redfish Grill if I see you in the quarter we gonna fight because bread pudding chocolate bread pudding shouldn't taste that damn good so when I see you in the street it's on and popping alright don't come near the Treme I forgot Don't. to connect you with Nate them when you were there too. Chocolate well, you didn't bread have no time pudding. Anyway. Oh my god, it is the best. You have to order it right when you order your meal because it takes about oh, takes thirty minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And when it comes out, it is like it is Satan on a plate. <laughs> but the good Satan, like the sexy Satan, I know on a plate. It's, I know it is. Mean. I couldn't even speak. We couldn't speak. I couldn't speak. And I told the chef beforehand my first meal was excellent. I had like an alligator um, gumbo. Where did you chase it down? It was with? Delicious. Um, I had some drink, some some house drink. They some had. house drink. Some house punch. It was a strong liquor. It was strong liquor. Okay. So the meal was so we had a good conversation you know it's writers when you're with writers especially black women writers and we're going in and we're talking then the dessert came we couldn't say nothing like and I told the chef the first time I said tell him the meal was you know my waiter tell you know 
tell the chef that food was excellent. I really loved it. And then we had the bread pudding. I called the waiter back and said, tell him we're going to fight. <laughs> Take back everything I said. Yeah, but it was fantastic. Did he come over and say hi? Uh, one of them at the other, Antoine's the chef did. Okay. He came and gave me some plates to take home because I told him I knew the ingredients he had put because I had an alligator bisque at Antoine's, which is one of the oldest restaurants <laughs> alligator there. Alligator bisque? Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to ship some in and we're going to have some. I'm going to fly it in. We're going to have some. I just had some lobster bisque the other no, day. No, you got to have alligator. Alligator bisque is the bomb. But here's the, here's the real quick. What do you think, Denar? What do you think? You would eat it. Trust me, I'm a foodie. I've had alligator. I would eat alligator for would sure. You? Yeah, it is yeah. Delicious. I love New Orleans. I love all New Orleans. Alligator, you know what it tastes like? If you if just, if you have alligator sauce and stuff, you know those uh, Hillshire Farms Polska kielbasa. No, it's like chicken. The sliced chicken, like the sliced sausage thing. It tastes right. just like that. It's delicious. Yeah. But before we move on to our special guest today, <laughs> I got to say this. So at the hotel I was staying at across the street, NCIS New Orleans was, was right. filming. Right. And, did you, you know, you Paul, Paul? Yes, I did. I called Paul on the phone. I texted him, say, hey, your Paul peeps DM. down here. And I was like, where you at? And he's like, I'm not. I'm there next month. Right. So he's like, well, go say hi to the people. So we're going by a watch, you know, because we were sitting there. We were watching Scott Bakula from afar. With a fine self. And we were like, <laughs> what? Yeah, well, here's the Nobody thing. Nobody has ever said No, no, that. here's what? the thing. Scott Bakula. Bacula has finally grown into his face. Right. Because when he's on Quantum Leap, I liked him on Quantum when he was on Quantum Leap, it's like, you know, there's a cute quality, right. but he just, his face, he hasn't, his face hasn't come in yet. Like, well, he, there's, older. There's a reason why I like he him was old, older. He was older looking right. when he was young. But I feel like now he's grown to, so we were sitting there like, hey, hey, Scott, I don't, that kind of thing. I mean, I mean, like, that's not my viewpoint, so I can't. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, no, no, no. But we were sitting there debating the merits. Both of y'all can shut up. Listen, we were debating the merits of whether Scott Bakula can still get it. And right. some of the ladies said yes, not that. You look like you hear these people talking. I know. Look, look. I was walking around with a hand grenade drink. It was a giant drink that shaped like a hand grenade. So I might have been a little dip, you know, a little tipsy. Right. You know, so my judgment might not have been all that accurate. But it was really cool to be there and then say, "Hey, Paul, your people's here filming." Because uh, what's your name, Shalita? Oh, what is Shalita's last name? The one of the actresses on there. She plays oh, like yeah, one of the young. Her. Oh my God! We were walking back to my hotel room, and I was going to go get some. Um, Oh, what was I going to do? I think I was going to get like a sweater or something just in case. And um, she had the CSI crime scene. I didn't know it was her. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to the elevator. And when you see like the crime scene investigators, that's the dead body stuff. Right. And when they're getting on the same elevator you getting on, and I was like, oh shit, did somebody die in this hotel? <laughs> and, is a bitch going to have to leave? Right, right. And then she turned around. You could see the TV man. I was like, oh my God, that's the, you're the actress. Oh, And she right. was staying at the hotel we were staying oh, at. Right. So it was so cute. But I was nervous for like two seconds. Right. I'm like, damn, I just got here and <laughs> shit is popping off for real. People do get killed in New Orleans. Oh God. That's your boy I told said. you. I told you. Remember, stuff happens. You know. Well, no, who's your boy? No, no. Because well, um, we're about to shoot this next pilot in Abbeville, like outside, way out, two hours and a half outside. Mm. And um, we were we were shooting in the bottoms in the project, and literally we were walking around scouting how we're going to do everything. And I turned to Pam, and I was like, I was like, girl, this is the hood. I thought I lived in the hood. This is really you bad. You up in Oakland, and then the hood. I was oh, shit. You know what? California shit. people don't know nothing they about the hood. hood. They yeah, they we really about I agree. Hood. Yeah, we I don't. agree. We have houses and shit, bitch. Okay, I mean, look. look. No, but if, if, you, if you, got, you have yeah. palm trees, if you got palm it's trees, a backyard, and you got a nice weather. But look, but look, there's no, you know, there are snow damage. There are hood. There are hood levels. So, so there are hood levels. So the two stars of the show. And Tyreek are from there, right? So I turned to Nate and I was like, dude, this is a hood. He said, shit, you should go to New Orleans. He said, we don't even go up there. I said, what? Like, it's like really bad New Orleans. He's like, nah, we don't even go up there. I, I love like, how you say New Orleans. New Orleans, whatever the fuck. 
Why you say it like you from there or something? I love I mean I feel like <laughs> in one of my past lives I was there. Right. Yeah. Everybody so. everybody black in the United States, unless you're a recent immigrant right. from, from the the motherland, uh you got somebody relative from way back who comes from <laughs> New Orleans somewhere. I feel like everybody comes from New Orleans at some point in time. We either went through the slave trade or we right. was running there, the natives got us up out of there. So right. I feel like if that person has a connection to it, I know I feel it. When I get there, yeah. like, I feel real comfortable. Yeah, me like, too. I get to the point where I'm not going to leave. In fact, I told you I, I was there a couple days extra unintentionally because oh, okay. of the hurricane. Right. Is that I where was, the griot is like originally found? You know, like the, the origin of the word griot is from? Is from, from West Africa? No, it's, yeah, it's West Africa. But New Orleans feels good. It felt good Doesn't for me like too. Like show up there? Like well, the, French, the real French is French. So, so all right. Why, yeah. is it, why does it work for you? Why, is it, why do you? I don't work? know. I just got. I just got there, and something inside of me was like, ah. You feel? I'm it telling felt you. really good. Dead and people. No, it's and, and I'm afraid of the south. No, no. I never want to go to the south. Right. I'm always like, mm. see, I'm one of the people too. Yeah, yeah. I went to the south and one time. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let it finish. Let it finish. Go ahead, Dr. No, I was just saying I don't like the south. Like I'm always afraid that there's going to be somebody. Right. You know, James, what is it, Jeff James Bird or whatever? Right. I'm like those, <laughs> those stories stick in my head. Like, the time it, to Jim kill. Crow, does Jim Crow still work? Right. I'm like, <laughs> did y'all get the memo? Yeah. So when I so I was afraid of New Orleans too, but when I got there, I felt good. I love the music, the right. culture. It's just it's for me. I could see myself living there part time. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the dream for me. It's like the beginning of the Caribbean. Like New Orleans is the Caribbean. Yes. It's the top of the Caribbean. The way the politics is run. But you, I feel like when you get there, there's an ancestral spirit that's there. Like I'm very comfortable. Yes, there. yes. Yeah. I'm very comfy. Says. And so when I'm walking around, people say, "Oh, it's terrible stuff." Yeah. I'll be walking around in some of the worst parts of the neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> of course, when I start opening my mouth and they realize I'm from Southern Cali, right? And I code switch real quick. Like when right. stuff get really sketchy, woo! I turn like a white girl real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but I love funny? it. I love it. Your husband Miles. Shout out to Miles Feldman. I say you. There. Uh, you gotta say the middle name because Miles has got the, like the best middle name. Hi, Miles Orion. <laughs> That's the best. He's trying to be white over there. Best I name. always thought he was from the. So he's got a little accent. Do you? His mom it? is from the south. Yeah, he has a very strong country. Very accent. strong little country, and he's Miles from up north. Not, you don't have a country. Yes, he does. Yeah, you, got, you know what? Kind of, let me tell you the voice he has. He has a pimp voice. <laughs> <laughs> like if a pimp decided to be a radio DJ, do a quiet storm pimp. Right, right. That's the quality. And that's not those recent Miles. Don't <laughs> don't take offense. Hilarious. It has a quality. Just a lilt. There's a lilt to it. That's a like lilt. it is. A there's lilt. like a there's a cadence a to it. Yeah. That I think is awesome. Like that could be like a quiet storm like New Orleans <laughs> DJ voice. <laughs> Where's his mom from? She's from North Carolina. Oh, North Kakalaki. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, never mind. You know what it is? Y'all been around a lot of black folks, so <laughs> they got that. that. Well, I don't know. Has, was your fam around a lot of black folk, Miles? No. No? <laughs> so how'd you pick draw. up that, that? How'd you get that? It's, you guys are on the show. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, well, we're y'all, know, y'all know how we do in yes. the rant room. So if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get it in. So today, finally, we got little sis on the show. Finally, Diara Kilpatrick, mm-hmm. writer, producer. Damn, what else you do? Direct too. Goddamn, I forgot. Y'all be directing, acting. I was but three years I've been trying to get her on his butt. Okay, look, listen. Man, I'm always afraid to go on a podcast because I don't really know how to act. So I'm like, what? I'm, <laughs> what? I'm always slightly afraid to have to have my stuff recorded. You, uh, <laughs> she want to be in control. That's all it is. That's yeah. exactly what you that know. What? Is. I got wrong with that. She's That's, controlling her brand. Right. I need another take that, for that. Can okay. we back this up <laughs> again? I don't need to be said like that. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what is interesting? I think a lot of people that I've talked to about coming on, I think that might be an underlying reason why they don't want to come on. Right. Probably. Because like, uh, they like tell me, they, they always tell me, well, you sound so natural talking. Did you right. guys edit it? I was like, we don't edit a damn Nothing. thing. I don't have time to be <laughs> We're just having a conversation. Yes. We're just, you know, we're just chopping it up. I mean, as I always tell everybody, our show, besides us talking shit, is about how. You know, we want to hear people's journeys, like how they got to the place that they are now. Yeah. And a lot of times you listen, we all listen, we're all podcast heads, we listen to a lot of different shows, and, and there's nothing like hearing somebody say, then I moved to LA and I got an agent and I got a show. I'm like, motherfucker, how? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's what we're about. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Chris Derrick in the house. We see you over there. Hi, people. Thank you How for you today? Thank, thank you for um, working with me while Lisa Lisa Colt Jam was over in New Orleans doing well, Yes. I, I, good time. Good time. Yes. Good time. Good time. You represent it well. I, I did not have to hang my head in shame when I leave, <laughs> when I leave the house <laughs> and I leave the boys at home alone. <laughs> Furniture was still in place. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't put the seat down. Okay. Though, tell you that. Police didn't call me to say, ma'am. <laughs> Welcome to the show, girl. Thank you so much. Because we got to get into this American Coco. Because this show has me on a cliffhanger, and because you're here, you may have to tell me offline, because I'm really (laughs) upset with Quan. Yeah. And I'm really upset with the stuff he's doing, so we have to talk about the show and how it got created, but I got some questions, Mm -hmm. because it's on the the, the digital? It's on ABC.com and the ABC app. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. So let's go back a little bit. Yeah. So I met Diara and her husband Miles. Um, Jesus, what year was that? So long ago. Uh, maybe. Yeah, it's been a I while. Think it was nine or ten. One of those. Yeah, yeah it was. I think two thousand ten. So we both were in a festival. I'm not going to say which one because we got. Because we got to, to talk shit about, about that festival. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's what I'm saying. We don't even going to go there. <laughs> but our films were in the same track, and I saw the film and I was like, "Wow, this dude can direct," and I was like, "Wow, this girl can act." So we just connected ever since then. Yeah. And um, so I'm not even surprised y'all got all kind of success and shit going on. So let's go back a little bit. Where you from? How you get to this point? How you even meet that dude over there? Oh, man, all of that. Yeah. I, I'm from Detroit, Michigan. Detroit. Detroit. I'm from Detroit. Yes. I know. Uh, Actually from Detroit. Because, uh, you know, I see so many decaps and I'm like, right. hey, where you from? And people will be say everything. Oh, right. Canada. You know, I'm like, oh. Canada? Are you um, from Windsor? You came to Detroit? <laughs> um, but I'm, I mean, I'm glad that people feel connected to the, to the spirit of the right. city. So by the hats, by the Detroit person, everybody hats. <laughs> Get that hats. deep. Get yeah. That deep. Um, but I'm from Detroit, born and raised. I always say I'm from like all of Detroit because I've been, you know, just from the most hood parts of Detroit right. to, you know, my brother used to be the mayor. So mm-hmm. from really. like the hood to the Manoogian, you mm-hmm. know, so yeah, I've right, always right. Um, been really involved in the artistic scene there because mm-hmm. my mother is obsessed with the art. Nice. So I was like the little <laughs> kid in a jazz club, right. you know, like, can I please go home? You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, like, y'all going to play Tupac yet? Or okay. <laughs> right. I mean, I want to go home. Exactly. Um, you could have cast tech or something like that? Mm-hmm. I didn't. My brother and sister did, but I went to Country Day. Okay. Which was a little bit of a bougie or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know people, yeah. a lot of people went there. Yeah. So I grew up in Detroit, you know, dancing and doing theater mm-hmm. and, and, and my dad was into politics and he would run a lot of campaigns. Okay. So I would do a lot of, you know, passing out flowers, probably the little girl that knocked on your door right. asking, could I put a lawn sign in your yard? <laughs> um, <laughs> So that was my childhood. Um, and then I went to, I always wanted to go to school in New York. Right. I have I have a relationship with New, New York, like mm-hmm. New Orleans. Like mm-hmm. the first time I got there, I was like, ah, This is it. Yeah. You know, this is one of my homes. Right, right. Um, so I loved theater. Went to go study theater at NYU, mm-hmm. which is where I met 
this fool in the corner. <laughs> um, and we met very early on, like the first First or second day of, of class. Like Damn, I was like, oh, I'm locking this up now. We ain't right. two days into school. Like, okay, we together, girl. However, them is my drive. Okay. However, <laughs> we did not, we did not get together at all. Quick, he doesn't You're like the friends. story. We were just friends. Okay, that's fine. That's we cool. were friends yeah. for a while. Well, um, he was pretending like he was your friend. <laughs> Exactly. He's like, just wait. I'm gonna put the click click on there in a minute. I gotta it figure was, out the, the the technique, how to mix the, the parameters. Yeah, it was funny because I would be like, her, like, I would be like, do you um do you watch Soul Food? Because I don't have Showtime. And he'd be like, Yeah, I watch Soul Food. So I used to go over his house and watch Soul Food. Never had he even heard of Soul Food before I brought it up. <laughs> Did you hurry up and got by the with the HBO package real fast? Like I don't even have people. Y'all got that three month special quick. <laughs> right. So we went down to Jamaica Queens and got the bootleg version. <laughs> but yeah, so we watched Soul Food together. We had some classes together and then we ended up, I don't know, making out and mm, mm. he directed me in a play and you know, you know how things go. Right, right. At the Tisch the rest School of the Arts. At the yes, Tisch School, Tisch School of the Arts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, you know, we went to Thailand for a brief stint. Right. He might have talked to y'all about teaching, that right? when he was here. No, we were studying. But he was directing. He was directing a right. little bit. We were getting uh, performance pieces ready for the Bangkok Fringe Festival. Okay. Mm. And we were studying <laughs> Thai classical dance, Aww. Thai drumming. That's cool. Thai mask dance. And just being hot and uncomfortable and living in Thailand for four months. It was a very interesting experience. And then we pretty much moved to L.A. Hmm. And we've been here for a decade. Just grinding. Hmm. Um, And I started out acting mostly. I did a lot of theater here, some Mm -hmm. TV stuff, some film stuff. Um, but I was feeling like I had so much more to give and kind of stagnant and, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, you reach that point where you start ugly crying, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. what is happening? Like, am Mm -hmm. I supposed to be doing this? Like, I'm pretty sure that's what, this is what God wants me to do. Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm here for, Mm -hmm. but damn, this is hard. Mm -hmm. And, um, and when I hit that point, um, I started writing hmm. And I had always been writing And to be fair I had a teacher that was like You have the, you have the soul of a writer hmm. uh, um, Just like a, a Essay writing class or something right. at NYU And he was like Lee <coughs> Gundersheimer Or something I think was his mm-hmm. name And so I would write a little bit And put it down and write a little bit And then I finally decided to finish something mm-hmm. Which is what I think separates Yes Half the people out here Everybody has started something (laughs) Everybody has an idea Everybody has a couple of pages written Mm -hmm. And a story But actually finish Stepping back and writing the end bitch. (laughs) Yes Yes That's that's how you show the fuck up in this town I feel like Um, So uh, I wrote I had written a pilot with the You know my friend Kamiko I probably don't thank her enough Because I had talked to her about this idea Mm -hmm. And she would just kind of gently nudge me Like you got any pages You know (laughs) like what's going on And we thought we would produce it But it just became 
too big of a production. Right. And so I knew the next thing that I wrote, I wanted to make. And I was mm-hmm. like, no shootouts, no yes. nothing that I cannot produce. Right. And so So you put together your resource. You built you built a story based on the resources you guys had. Absolutely. Right. And that's the that's the bit right. of advice I give people right. all the time. Like if you know you have access to some cool location, right. like you know your boy manages a nightclub and yes. you can get in there, then write something in a nightclub. Exactly. Otherwise don't do it. Right. Um and so so I sat down and wrote American Coco mm-hmm. and then we shot that for three thousand dollars <laughs> for my tax return. Okay, mm-hmm. I heard that. And um and the rest was kind of, you know, I mean, this is exactly the thing. People are like, well, then how did you get an agent? My husband did already have an agent. Right. <laughs> he was rep- He's a working writer. You know? He was repped at CAA as a writer. Either, right. Mm-hmm. right. And I had only been repped as an actor up until then. And when we finished American Coco, he sent it out to all of his um, team. And he had an agent that was kind of like, he felt was like sleeping on him. Like he was like, she doesn't really send me out. What's going on? Da, da, da. So she, he called... Um, she called him and was like, I got your thing. And then she was like, I want to rep your wife. <laughs> so I kind of took his, his agent who, uh, and who was sleeping on, who was him. Sleeping on him. Turned out but she really she, does do some shit. But, right? she, but she turned out to be a blessing for the family yeah, as a whole. Go. Okay. Go, my money is your money, bitch. <laughs> Say that again. My money is your, your money, money, bitch. Yeah. Don't forget. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so she, she signed me and pulled together a team that was, that was, she she held up the lit side and then pulled together a team for the acting stuff okay. and and that was in April of twenty fifteen I think is that right or twenty fourteen twenty four that was in April of twenty fourteen okay. and by May of twenty fifteen I was staffed on Mysteries of Laura which was right. a, a hour long procedural and it was. Shocking to me Like I was like What? I was an actor Now I'm in this writer's room mm-hmm. So did you use the script That you wrote For American Coco for that? Or what, mm-hmm. what was it That got you in? Um, Jeff Rake Who was a showrunner Watched um, American Coco okay. The first iteration of mm-hmm. it That we made for $3,000 <laughs> And then And I had a meeting And we had a great meeting And a great time And then he said Do you have um, Something else written? Right. And I was like Oh yeah I have that pilot <laughs> That my friend Kamiko Kept nudging me Being like Do you right. have pages? Do right. you have pages? Do you have pages? And I'll And it was great because we had a meeting and he was like, send me something else that you have written down. And if I didn't have it. And uh, see, what do we keep telling people? Asterix, what do we keep telling people? You always got to have other stuff ready because you might think you got the bomb thing. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, this is good, but what else do you have? And if you ain't got nothing else, then you're not serious. People think it's a serious. They They think it's a one-time fluke. It's it's not that they think it's a, well, like it could be a fluke. But they also don't know how long it took you to write it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's a huge thing. I mean, right. if it took you three years to write mm-hmm. a feature, if that happened, you should never admit that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, because then they'll be like, we're not going to hire you. Right. Because they're going to give you like 12 weeks to exactly. write something. But yeah, yeah you definitely... Yeah, that's mm. my Yeah, and, and also, I think making web series and making shorts is a great way to showcase yourself as yeah. a writer, but then people don't know what you actually wrote right. and what, you know, just happened to be there or right. what the actors improvised or whatever. So I think that's also why he was right. like, let me see mm-hmm. something else yeah. <laughs> that right. you've written. And so I did. I was like, I dusted that off and sent that that day. So that's another big piece <laughs> of advice is like, keep stockpile right. other stuff. Because if I had said, give me it the weekend, right. and I have had that experience oh, too, yeah. where I'm like, I'm looking for a writer.
writer and somebody goes, oh, hold on, let me, mm-hmm. let me, give me the week. To, right. And I'm like, oh, you're not serious right. about mm-hmm. it. Right. Um, so I, I gave them that script and they hired me and we were there. We did 22 episodes. Wow. It was a very good experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the that was what's the girl? That's the girl from uh, 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 Will and Grace. Yeah, I forget Deborah her name. Messing. Deborah Messing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's right. Who's back on Will and back Grace? Back on. It's yeah. like the nineties all over yeah, again. Everybody trying to come back. Joey. Yeah, yeah. everybody's on TV. Rose House. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, so I did that for a year, and then I sold a script to FX, and mm. I developed that for a year. Now, did you sell it as a pitch? You sold it as a script. I sold it as a pitch. Okay. I sold it as a pitch and um, hang around Uncle Miles over there who's just a pitch <laughs> he was a pitch king my mom is so funny she's always like I'm gonna call you pitch like that's her joke <laughs> she's like it's your pitch Miles right, your pitch right. um, yeah he pitches a lot and so I um, I sold that pitch they really wanted something that was similar to American Coco like they were mm. like we like American Coco right. we like you in American Coco <laughs> but is there a version of it that isn't all about race mm. And um, it kind of took the heart out of the idea, I think, in a lot of ways. And I also think it was just my first time developing. I learned so much. Mm -hmm. It's like when they're telling you, when they're giving you notes, sometimes that you feel aren't necessarily creative, you still sometimes need to listen to them because they're trying to fit you in a a spot so that they can program you. And if you're moving too close to better things or too close to Atlanta or whatever, they might give you a note and you're like, that note doesn't necessarily make sense because you're developing in a vacuum. Um, And so through that process, I really learned when they tell you this is your lane. Mm-hmm. Get in that fucking lane and write in that lane. You know, and good, sometimes, because I'm so, you know. Wait, way to learn why being paid. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm such an artist. Yeah, and I'm so like, but what is the artistic merit of that? <laughs> note? You know what I mean? And Miles has to talk you back down, like, look. <laughs> sell the punch. Bring it down. Sell, sell it. Sell it. Yeah, he's he's definitely the the pragmatist. Mm-hmm. I'm we're we're each getting more and more what the other one has, yeah. you know. I'm getting more of that kind of just pragmatic chill I mean it's mm-hmm. happening slower <laughs> and you know the more he's with me he's getting weirder and uh, yeah. more artistic more artistic and, and uh, so so it works um, so I did that we did not go to pilot mm-hmm. it was heartbreaking mm-hmm. but I had learned what I was supposed to learn right. and I had a good script I mean people still will say oh I read that script what are you doing with that script so that's and that's every time you write a script it's is money even if it's not money it's it's invaluable um and then I sold the um the pitch to Amazon the climb which is the pilot that I developed and that I sold that two years ago really over two years ago can you tell us what that one's about yes Literally, it's I, set I know. Oh, yes, here we go. So are we going back home? Okay, here we go. Oh, we went back home I know, to I shoot it. I saw the photos, bitch. I saw the yes. photos. Yes. <laughs> I mean, when I tell you, I had no idea how good it feels to employ people in your hometown. Yes. Like, I might yes. shed a tear. It feels mm-hmm. so good mm-hmm. to look around and be like, oh, my God, there's a hundreds of people here wow. getting a check right. off my yes. freaking off of idea. Okay. Yes. Um, I'd like to do that again. Yes. I mean, if, I mean, let's I w- get the series. Then. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I, mean, I want to pick yes. up for a lot yes. of reasons personally, <laughs> but that shit feels so good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the climb is about this woman in Detroit who mm-hmm. is kind of the typical millennial. You know, mm-hmm. she's like 
feeling kind of unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. She is social media addicted. Uh, and, Lisa, um, why is this your funky ass? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Mind your business. Mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> and so she thinks that in order to be fulfilled, um, she has, so she sets a goal to try to become famous. Mm. And she she wants to be famous on the internet. She has not a skill to speak of mm-hmm. beyond Moxie, and I just call it a comedy about the new American dream. Okay, nice, cute, nice, interesting. yeah. Because we see a lot of people ha- in real life. The single camera, single camera, single camera, right. mm-hmm. directed by Chris Robinson. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Cool. Be out in November. Yeah, Robinson. What do I know? What do I know that name? Uh, uh, he did the new edition. Right. Yes, yes, story. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Your, boy, your boy Abdul wrote that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and fine. and also like a hundred and million <laughs> music videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we did that, and then let me see. So, sometime between. Are you starting in that one too? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, sometime between. FX they and call Prime it shooting. We had the opportunity to remake American Coco for right. ABC. Now how did that come about? What happened? Well, when I, we posted American Coco, we sent emails to everybody we know, like, please watch it. Right. And I sat there and waited for Steven Spielberg to call me. <laughs> Don't we all? I am still waiting. <laughs> You are not the only one, girl. Steven, where you at? You got to write some historical. I have have so many questions for Steven. First of all, there's that big house, you know, looking up Fairfax, and everybody says that that's Steven Spielberg's house. It's like a stone. Looking up Fairfax. If you're... Uh Anyways, hey, right, is right. that your house? I'm always looking at it. <laughs> Stephen, in Bel Air. Stephen, are you in there? Well, who's in there? Um, but he did not call. But somebody better, better... Right. You know, for you, for me, right. calls, and that was Julie's tenant, who's Viola Davis. Uh, yes, right. and yes. they have a production company, mm-hmm. Juvie, Juvie Productions. Productions, yes. and he's like, "We love this. We are laughing our asses off. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to be a part of it." And we had a hundred views, if that. And what? so it's just such a testament to like make your work, put it out there. Did you, you find out how they got it? Yeah, I mean, I sent it to them. Oh, you sent it. I okay. emailed every, like I said, I emailed everybody that Smart. I knew. Sometimes and people just click because I have. I don't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, I have. You know, my company here, a little small company, and I have no no unsolicited uh, material. I can't. I still get thirty or forty things a week from people unsolicited, wow. and I look at probably two of them a week. Mm. So you sometimes you get through. Yeah, you know what I mean. So go ahead. Yeah, some, and, and we had done a play together. Oh, okay. So you Me know. and Julius and I had done a play together um, when I first got, I think it was one of the first plays that I did, The right. Piano Lesson by mm-hmm. August Wilson. Oh, and, I love that play. And oh, they're, they're so good, that right? Um, I've done it twice. I did The Little Girl when I was, when I was a baby okay. <laughs> in Detroit and um, fell in love with acting and decided I was going to become an actor then. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the second time I did it, I played Grace. And that's right. when I met Julius and Viola right. and Vanessa Paul, a bunch of people who've been really instrumental to my journey mm-hmm. out here. And so the third time I, I'll do it, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> You'll be my right. But I'd like to play, I'd like to play Bunny. At right, some point, yes. um, so um, he, so we had been in touch with them. They are great. They had invited us over, you know, mm-hmm. throughout the years, and and so um, they were like, "We want to do this," and it happened so quickly that I was already on staff for Mysteries of Laura, right. and so that just kind of had to play out. Mm-hmm. And then we were, they were just going to fund the second season. Was the first idea, right. but then ABC was starting this new platform, and they wanted to do something with me, mm-hmm. and. 
we were like, let's just do this, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we all kind of came together and um, and made it happen. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, because yeah. Viola does the opening narration. Right. She does. Right. It's so good. <laughs> That's like mm-hmm. the best thing that ever happened to Miles mm-hmm. is that he got to go over and, and direct her uh, right. <laughs> doing that opening right. narration. And like, of course, she nailed it on the first time. And he's like, now let's try one more um, where you're putting a little stank on this word. The hell is like a pro. It's like one and done. And next I'm right. going to go have tea. But wait. No, no, no. He was milking it. He's like, all right, now let's do one. Imagine you're, um, you know. So, so uh, she's going to be giving a thought. I like, you know, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to use the first one, right? Yeah, I think we used the first one. I mean, you one, know who I am. Yeah, yeah. You do right, know right. who I am. I'm I, Viola. Okay. Uh, I get it on the first time. Okay. <laughs> but he could say he directed her. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Miles. Mm-hmm. Miles said he helped her. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so they've been just a dream to work right. with um, and so supportive and, mm-hmm. you know, really pushing the show and mm-hmm. they really stand behind it. And I see her tweeting and shit. She's, yeah, she tweets. And she also did like a little featurette video. Yeah, if you watch that, she it. talks about it and she looks amazing. And yeah. you can just see like the, her energy and her excitement when she's talking about like her eyes just twinkle I'm like oh yay mm-hmm. you know and she's so smart mm-hmm. to the point where like sometimes as a writer like I'll open myself up to this right. subject matter and I'll just write mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily know like I'm not necessarily analyzing it in that way and mm-hmm. so the way that she analyzed what the work was about mm-hmm. made me feel like damn I wish she would read all my stuff and tell me <laughs> mm-hmm. okay, I'm sure she learned one or two things working with Shonda right. over there like, yeah yeah, right. yeah. Right. so that's been a blessing and right. it's just given a, a bigger platform right. you know for the work because on YouTube it's hard you right. know it, things get it's buried. all you promoting yeah it's all you yeah now you at least have some somebody behind you with ABC, you know, dot com or whatever, at least promoting, you know, giving you a bigger platform. I think that's well. I, I mean, if it's on there's, I mean, if it's on that site, then right. it's just. I mean, there's that. You know how they do those little slider things where oh, yeah. it's showing you the stuff they have. Yeah, I mean, it's great to have that kind of uh, the promotion. Just the mm-hmm. the. I mean, if they get behind it, you know, it's, it's like that's the thing about so much stuff we watch today. You always kind of wonder. How do you move the needle? You know, right. and, it's, mm-hmm. and it's something like that. You know, it's something. I mean, something like with with if she's involved. That's one thing. You know, um, and obviously the difference between like YouTube and ABC. I mean, yeah, there's a huge, this huge like audience at YouTube, mm-hmm. but it's everybody. Yeah, and, right. and, and the ABC, it's like it's very like people know specifically. I think for your show because of the content that they do on ABC in general. It kind of fits in perfectly with what they're trying to do. So, people, right. people, and more people, I guess, are watching stuff on the app, not watching it live. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like I watch a lot of stuff now on, on the app because it's easier on the go. For such a lot of us who are on the go, and a lot of us aren't at home watching yeah. stuff. Yeah. We're places. Kids today do not have Directv and all the Spectrum and all the. They're just they like boom, it. dipping and doing. Right. Yeah, right. well, they yeah. have it, but they don't. They have that. That's how, that's no, how they they act, don't even but, have. No, it. but that's how they <laughs> access the stuff on the on the phone, right? But you know, you gotta they have, just download what they need. Yeah, right. yeah, well, yeah, you know I mean? yeah. But they don't sit down in front of the TV. Right. I mean, like, yeah. Like who does that? It's nice who to be able the, to. Who watches a big, you know, like video anymore on a big screen? Like no one does that anymore. Just, a big video. You know, like the screen is big. Like people don't watch oh. things on a big screen anymore. Like when they when we were buying all those big screen like TVs it's, it's, and sitting at home. Just, it's just too bad. 
Says the cinephile over there. It just sounds so quaint nowadays when you see that. Like, oh, sitting at home. Like, when I go visit my mother and she's got her big screen TV, she's like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> where, where do you watch stuff? Do you get in bed with your laptop? Uh, uh, me and my laptop are in a monogamous relationship. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. How's that going? Yeah, it's wonderful. But here's the thing. I have my, la- you know, it's funny you mentioned that because, yeah, a lot of times I'll sit there and watch something and, I close, and it's just right there. Because right. as soon as I get up in the morning. But I also have my, um, my LCD projector, too. So when I want the whole movie effect. Oh, I just put it on my thing and big and as big as I wanted to have it. Sometimes I put it outside. Right. Like during the summertime, I'll sit there and make my popcorn. You know, I always have to watch it I big. I do that. I don't watch any, anything that the screen is below 30 inches. Like if oh, something wow. specific. I, I can't because I feel like, I feel like I'm You're robbing. Missing something? I feel like I'm robbing like some... Told you he's a cinephile. I, 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 there's something. <laughs> for instance, you know, I was like, I was telling someone a couple of weeks ago they should watch Doctor Zhivago right. for this movie they're doing. And I was like, "When's the last time I saw that movie?" Probably like ten years ago. But I love that movie, mm-hmm. so I put it in, um, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, "You know what? You're missing." There's like a type of cinematography and that people wouldn't even do today mm-hmm. because uh, you know there's this like there's the, the the funeral procession like that's in his family in the beginning of the movie. You know when you see, when his mom dies, it's just like the opening shot. But it's like they're probably. They're probably two miles away shooting this shot of the mm. of their coming across the Urals, right. and I'm like, you would never get that shot today yeah. because mm-hmm. you yeah. can't you can't see that on a phone. Yeah, oh so yeah, why even get it. Yeah. But that, but then I was like, that movie's go. That's why you do that. That's why I don't feel like when you watch it on your laptop or on your mm-hmm. phone, which is the worst, then mm-hmm. you're not. You can't even hear it. Well, for see, most... Oh, oh right. just, just real right. quick. I just want to add a place. But you got your speakers. You it, your nice no, but speakers. see, that's something that I thought was really, really cool when we watched Mother the other day. It was really cool about Mother was, Oh, one good thing. The, okay, go ahead. This was really, really cool about Mother. I thought this was fascinating about Mother. When, when people... Because they're in this house and she's walking around. When people would leave the room, like, 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 like you would hear them walk and the sound would go would, would like would come around you. You know, like like they use the surround sound so smartly because to, to, to help disorient her in a way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're never gonna get that on your on you you like that's something that's missing that you right. wouldn't get that that because they're talking in the background and you right. like and, and it's almost like that you want to turn your head to hear them. Oh, you know, and I was like, that's cool. That's good sound design. That's right. really cool sound design. But it's still lost on <laughs> two speakers. Well, I mean, if it's like a TV show or something like that, you can watch it. But when a certain movie, certain things, I specifically will have to go to the theater and go see it to have the experience. And if it's something that's that I missed it when it came out in a the theater, that's when I put the big projection thing and I do the whole speaker and I have to have, you know. Thing. But it's like a regular TV show. Eh, I don't care about that. That's I didn't want to derail your conversation. Yeah. No, I, I like the intimacy of curling up with my laptop in the bed and yes. watching something. There's some stuff where it's like you got to go to the movie. Like if you didn't see Get Out in the theater, you didn't oh my god, it. you right, didn't see right. it. Yeah. And I felt Girl Strip was like that. It's like comedy and horror, I guess, are two things where you really want to be in the theater. Yeah, you need the audience response. Yeah, sometimes. yeah. They help so. you laugh. Yeah, or they help you get scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they help exactly. you do everything. That right. is the point of. That's, true. that's the point that's true. of. I mean, if you make a good movie, that's, that helps you do everything. The communal right, right, right. experience of filmmaking. I don't think it's the yeah. same with television just because, of, just because of the way it's executed, but that's just, uh, that's just this is my right. thoughts. So, so, go ahead, go ahead. With I, American I, I, Coco now. Yes, ma'am. What, what was your favorite episode you were talking about? <sighs> there are a yes. lot of favorite episodes. Well, what's your favorite episode? Well, what, this is the thing I want to say. First of all, I really love that you have a really distinct voice with this character because I think Coco is saying and doing some things that I think all the time that I think some of the other shows that have some of my favorite black actors like Issa Rae's show Michaela Coles I feel like you guys have found your own distinct styles and voice and have something that you need to say that I think resonates Mm -hmm. a lot Mm -hmm. and 
and you and you do a very fine line of there's humor, but there's a seriousness because there's a, there's a boy in the not to give away spoiler or anything, but there's a serious through line that's dealing right. with a lot of the police stuff, people coming up, kind of like the Trayvon Martin type of thing, and we're dealing with just humor, but we're also dealing with serious subjects. Like, I laughed out loud, and I, and I knew that you were clicking all cylinders when your character, I think it might be the, might be the first episode, the second episode, where you're sitting there with the Black Lives, Coco's having her little Black Lives Matter clutch right. purse, her little handbag. <laughs> I said, bitch, do that. Yeah. <laughs> do yeah. that, you know? Yeah. And, like the, and just, you do do a lot of racial stuff, because even the disclaimer, when you're watching it it says you know there's teeth there's mature audiences there's like mature you know racial themes and stuff like that like you don't see that type of like yeah prep like we're trying to prep y'all disclaimer says like this will contain racial and ethnic right right which is really funny to (laughs) me what you're really saying is you're gonna learn something bitch you're gonna learn something yeah i don't know i I think it's code for white people (laughs) i really do i feel like it like you're gonna hear some stuff that you might not you might be quite comfortable with this was interesting so it was an article i read I think last week that that Ture wrote about white people and, and, <laughs> and about race discussions, and he made an interesting, really fascinating point. He said he said, you know, he was curious what was going on, and he asked people, and he's it, it's, there's a lot of white people who never had discussions about race growing up, right. right? So therefore, when they need to have that discussion when they're adults. They're highly uncomfortable because they, they see just, it as a negative. Well, it's a, it's a negative, or they just don't know how to do it. Whereas black people have that discussion <laughs> all the time from the right. second they can understand a right. word. Right. Yeah. There's like, well, right. you know, you're black, and so right. yeah. so so black people are so comfortable with that discussion. And we have it within uh, within each other, within the, the our skin tone. We, we just yeah. talk about we just talk about, we talk about it all the time. Yeah. But and then there's the white people who 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 are comfortable with talking about race. You know, they're. This is not in the article, but I kind of feel this. <laughs> it's like, you know, because I was watching American History X the other day, right. and, I was mm-hmm. thinking, and I was like, oh, so it's white people like that oh, yeah. who are very comfortable talking about race Correct. when they're young because the, the, the parents are letting the kids know you better watch out for those black people. Mm-hmm. Right. They're going to take your job. It's learned. Right. It's learned. Right. Yeah, when right. I was on Mysteries of Laura, one mm-hmm. of the writers was saying she had this book that she would read to her daughter that was about. American female heroes and one of them was about Harriet Tubman and um, (laughs) and she was saying but she keeps skipping that one or maybe it was Martin Luther King it was Martin it was something and she was like I keep skipping that one because I don't want to have to explain to her you know what happened to him and why he was necessary and all this kind of stuff and and she's really young and I and I I was like well how old is she you know was she an infant (laughs) yeah and she said something like she was at least like nine or ten and and she's like, well, when did you start, you know, hearing these kinds of things? And I was I just, two years old. Three, yeah, two. Okay. I don't ever listen. remember not knowing that right. I was black right. and what that meant in this country. Right. So that's, you know, so that is obviously been <laughs> infused into right. American cocoa, that mm-hmm. idea that the conversation about race is ongoing and needs to right. happen. And it's really not that big of a it's deal. Not that right. big. Like put on your big girl. Thank you. See, but, but see, that I think is why we have a problem with race in this country because people, because white people don't want to talk about it. Right. Not because that they are like, well, it's, it's feelings that they don't know how to, 
to uh, navigate. Yeah, yeah, to, mm-hmm. to navigate. I, yeah, I don't even know? think it's that they don't want to talk about it because I think a lot of white people are fascinated by the conversation. I think they don't want to feel bad, mm-hmm. and I think they don't want to feel guilty, and I feel like they don't want to have to then do something. Well, that's, <laughs> you no, know? no, that's exactly that's exactly right. See, well, like, well, I just want to feel bad well, for a second. Well, like, oh yeah, and let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> no, see, well, okay, it's, it's just like it's just like your friend who was saying, "Why well, don't I have to explain?" Because then if I got to explain that Martin Luther King was shot because he was trying to bring civil rights to people and because certain people you know did not believe that was cool and then the parents are going to be you know and then the daughter or the child is going to be like so what are you doing mommy to change that situation (laughs) you know because because you know because i remember when i was in germany in the 80s and i was uh i was living there he was a punk rocker and um and (laughs) i was um i was talking with this mother you know who i was staying with and i was asking her how was it like when she was a when she was a kid in the six? You know, when she asked her parents what they did during the war, during World War Two, mm. and like she was yeah. like, uh, it was like the hardest discussion I had with them in my life because they, you know, because because the, the minute you're because the way it's taught in Germany, like like they didn't teach a lot of what happened to the kids and who were growing up in the fifties and sixties, right. and then they discovered on their own. I mean, it was a big uprising in the sixties when those right, kids right. came of age, and it's like. <laughs> You know, all of a sudden, you know, like your parents have to, they have to explain why they did or what didn't were they do doing? something. Was yeah. it like, son, I was running so, was you Was you on the right yeah. side of history or on the wrong side? Well, yeah, what yeah. were you doing? Right. That's right. the thing. And I think that's why, I think that's why white people don't want to have discussion here because right. they're like, I didn't do nothing. Well, I didn't right. do anything. Right. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? You can't not do anything. You have to do something. Right. Yeah. Like you, you, it's it's interesting too because this is a lot like American Coco is a comedy but there is a lot of stuff that talk, we talk yeah, about this and, yeah. and sort yeah. of one of the major points of it is that there's a connection between what happened a long time ago and what's happening now, now. Right, right. and that there is something in our cellular memory as black people right. sometimes right. Mm-hmm. and so I think people are afraid of because we talk about that all the time like I feel connected to my ancestors right. I feel mm-hmm. emboldened by right. them mm-hmm. I feel guided by them right. and so I think if we have that strong connection to our ancestors you know people whose ancestors might have just been killing all types of people and right. raping all types of people right. they're afraid of what that connection to their ancestors might it, and, yes. and I think that's yes. why the show is important because like I said it's talking about things that other shows that have that star black women have black you know black thematic things or right. racial things they're not dealing with right. and I think for those of you who, who aren't familiar with the show um, Coco uh, she works for a company called Everybody's a Little Racist <laughs> 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 and their company basically if you have a racial problem mm-hmm. you can Come and hire these people, and what right. they do is they come out, they they get all the different facts, they crunch like the numbers, they shit. crunch yeah. the number, yeah, they crunch the numbers, exactly. and they tell you how to solve the problem. Like one of the episodes is hilarious. It's like there's a little black girl who's in the school, and then she's like the only black kid there, <laughs> and they're doing a play about Harriet Tubman. It's like a right. musical, right. but the black girl can't sing, right. and the music teacher's like, you know, but she, <laughs> she thought she could sing. <laughs> she she thought she black, sing. Right? Oh, she a minstrel? <laughs> I thought you were a minstrel. You're black, so you should be able to sing. But he says that there's a little Latino girl who has a better voice. And it's like, well, she probably should play whatever. No, we're gonna have to dub you <laughs> off stage. <laughs> but the mom is so hardcore conscious that he's scared to go tell the mom, like, look, maybe the daughter. So they have to go. So there's like these funny thing. I mean, they resolve the issue, and you know, there's another character who I won't give away because I want people to watch it. Where he's done something really horrible. He's a racist dude, mm-hmm. and he's gotten away with something, and 
you know, he hires the company. You know, basically it's if uh, the dude who killed Martin Luther King went to her Coco's company and said, I need you to redeem me and help <laughs> rebrand my image. You know, what's the dilemma right. there? Like, right. you done killed somebody who's so like really name? important. James Earl Ray. Yo, Jane, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. James Earl Ray still like came and said, hey, I need you to help rebrand me and recertify me as not racist. That's funny. So, and Coco has to deal with that. So, and it's, it's, it's you know, it's dealing with stuff. There's some heavy tones. There's some humorous things. And there's some really, really smart and nuanced conversations about black and you've got Misty Knight right yeah fucking Misty Knight (laughs) who is not even gorgeous like like I have to go back and watch the scenes again I mean you're fabulous too but but there's something about when you're talking and you're having these conversations with her that I think are just so they're just beautiful and in terms of like black women, because she, you know, because uh, Coco goes to a support group for angry black women, right. and they have, and but that shit is real. Like even though it's funny, mm-hmm. I know a lot of us black women who have these conversations. Like how do we deal? And it's justifiable anger, right. but at the same time, it's seen as a stereotype for black women. So I love how you are kind of poking fun at the stereotype, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you're adding layers there that lets people know, like, no, this shit is real, and we do suffer from this stuff, and it comes out, and when, whenever we react to something, we're always told that we're angry, you're black, that you're always focused on race, yeah. and we, it's, it's unfair, right. you know, but there's a way that the show is actually dealing with that, and there's the nuanced thing that you talk about in terms of what, what is blackness, because one, one of your boyfriends on the show yeah. that made me laugh, because there's a, there's a conversation where he says, you can't there's no test to t- something about there's nothing no way to test how black somebody is like there's right, no right. I can't remember the exact line um, there's no SAT test there's, there's, there's there's not something that. There's something, he says um, there's there, no, you can't me- blackness cannot be measured yes and when he said that I said nigga yes they can <laughs> there are there are I don't say measure in terms that, that determines that you're black or not I think in my mind it's like there are things that lets me know that you're a detrimental black person to me and that's a that's a big difference He's like, what was no my term time. the other day Hillier we're not gonna say it on air but you know what uh, I'm I can say that I gotta do that but, but okay so this is a question that I have to ask um, it's a whole fucking show okay I, we'll do another episode next time I, I will be on <laughs> get someone else yeah, on okay. stand in or give me that little you ain't gonna say no names you need to be incognito right now okay so this is you say this because you said that there's this is what I'm wondering because it's approaching this type of like these these real um, these brass tack like you know like issues about race and being a black woman that we don't see in these other shows right. like on because I kind of feel like it's kind of the beauty of you doing the show on the the app ABC platform yes yeah see see because you're not worrying about the same kind of. Uh, audience pressures that you would if you were on like ABC the broadcast or I mean but, you know but even someplace like HBO still has to worry about those issues yeah you know? no there's nowhere else we could have made this sh- this particular iteration of this really? show mm-hmm. yeah they gave us I mean I really do have to commend ABC right. they kind of gave us a lot of wiggle room for me to express what I needed to express right. Right. and um, they do have the the, the advisory the, the warning up right. there that lets you know and I remember saying on a call one time when they were giving me some kind of note or legal was worried about something and I was like just put a some just put a notice up there or whatever, mm-hmm. and I didn't know it was going to say that exact <laughs> right, notice right. because I just remember just saying all in the family had a notice before, right. and it right. just said, you know what, 
mm-hmm. calm down, you know, in so many words. Right. Um, and so I just, um, I really commend them because they really did say, okay, this is an authentic voice and we're exactly. going to let DR say what she has to say. But I think anywhere else, for sure on the legit network, no, ma'am, it would not, it not, it would not right. have right. worked. And it is true. Once you are trying to just get the biggest possible audience that you can, um, you're going to get more pushback. On on on, on, on everything, and you know, I mean, it's like you know, I posted a thing on on, on Instagram that Paul Schrader quote about mm-hmm. the, you don't they don't make important movies anymore, you know, because and it's I think that's why because you, you if you have to appeal to everybody, then the de facto part of that is I can't offend. I gotta I have to cut down my on who who's gonna be offended, right? And and be and so that is what makes. Like your show, um, it like there's that punch to it, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though it's a comedy, that punch is there because you're not trying because you're not worrying about you know what th- the people who are drinking tea in, in Alabama and you know <laughs> are worrying are gonna say, right. you know, because you always you hear about that all the time, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, that's what that's a big thing that happens with network shows. I hear from people is that you know. They don't want to offend the people who are in the central time zone, right. so they don't. But everything's always catered to those people, like, like, and that's why we still get. That's why we still get trash shows yeah. that don't appeal to anybody. anybody. I mean, it's like this disproportionate pool where there's there's little population mm-hmm. and everything. But mm-hmm. I guess there's maybe it the, doesn't matter. There's little population because there's little there's there's little distraction from them. You know, like because if you live in L.A., you have like a thousand things to do. You don't have to watch ABC. But if you live in you know, like you know like West Memphis, <laughs> Podunk, you know you don't have anything to do but watch ABC. Right. So I really can't I can't not have you watch my channel. Right. Can I ask you, um, as a writer, why you you wanted to to introduce intergener intergenerational trauma into oh. the work? Because to me that stuff is real, and to see it in a humorous manner, and just just to see it out there, I was like really excited about that because it was brought in a human's right, but that shit is real. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I was just fascinated by it. Um, transgenerational trauma is just very interesting to me, the things that we might be carrying um, that we don't know. You know, my grandmother was so instrumental in my life. I just love her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I loved her so much. She was just like pure, unadulterated love. And she had this she had a weightiness about her that nobody really understood what it was. You know, Mm -hmm. she never really talked about it, but she was never really happy. And she, but she's, she was joyful, joyful around me. But aside from that in her life, I don't think she was ever really happy. Mm -hmm. And I just find that fascinating. Like what's going on with you? What, Mm -hmm. what's happened to you that you might not be able to see, you know, what's happening in this country that we can't see that's invisible that we might carry inside of us. Mm -hmm. And so I just write from those things that are interesting conversations that miles and I would have walking up Runyon. And that's the things that I want to write. Like what's happening to us as a society? Why does everybody want to be connected on social media? Why does everybody want to be famous without a skill set? Like the things that just, that I want to talk about at a dinner party, that's where I create from. <laughs> mm-hmm. True. Because it's just seeing where um, the character Quan, who's like a blogger, he's like, he reminds me of one of the bloggers follow the angry Asian blogger. Yeah. He's yeah, the guy that I follow. Yeah. So when I saw Quan's character, all right, he reminds me of this this cat. Yeah. Where, you know, he's writing about that. And one of the things that Coco's best friend, one of her really good friends, um, 
I forget the character's name because I know all the characters. There's Lucky, there's Milo, there's Baldwin. The the one who plays your best friend, the white girl. Oh, Sarah. Sarah. So we just call the white best friend. The on white the show. best friend. <laughs> um, and Sarah, where she says, like, you're always uh, talking, you know, you're talking about race and this is why you can't get a boyfriend. You're always talking about these things. Right. And then you meet Coco Meeks Kwan, who's like, Exactly like her. Right. Yeah. You know, Asian. he deals with stuff and he just happened to be Asian and he is right. hot too. He's Girl, hot, what'd you yeah. find him? Girl. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry, Miles. Miles, <laughs> cover your ears. It's really funny because I always wanted, I was like, man, I feel bad for Asian dudes. I just do. I feel like Asian this dudes right here, and black me. women ha- right. get, we just get a bad rap. You know no, what I mean? Blasian, We're like, Blasian love? Yes. Blasian. And yes. so, you know, black men and, and Asian women marry outside their race more right. than anybody else. And black women and Asian men are the least desired on dating right. apps. So I'm always like, man, we should join forces. You know, like it seems like a natural thing. Right. And so I thought it would be interesting to have this Asian guy be like sexy and desirable. And I wanted to present like right. the James Dean of Asian dudes. Because mm-hmm. um, he comes at her like, because yeah. she's like, whatever, dude. And he's just like, nah, I'm, <laughs> you going to deal. Yeah. And then when she leaves, like they, go, they leave the space that they were like partying at. And he comes he comes right up to her like, mm-hmm. hey, let me get them digits. I'm like, dude, come. Yeah. Look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Screening, everybody was really feeling his energy. Yeah. And so I just Googled like sexy Asian dudes or right. something like sexy Asian actors, which I do not recommend <laughs> anybody ever Google sexy Asian anything. D- just try okay. it. It's, okay. it's, you know. And so um, I got smarter. Um, <laughs> and I uh, I just started looking at like Asian film festivals right. and Asian short films and Asian directors. And I found this short film that he did called Chinatown. Mm-hmm. And he was like strapping and mm-hmm. giving it sexy energy. And I was like, who is this guy? Right. And what was so funny was that the actress, Elaine Kyle, who plays Lucky, was also in the short. So I was like, uh-huh. I could have just called Elaine Kyle right, and been right, like. Right. And she's great on the show. She's beautiful uh-huh. and, and great. Yeah. And so uh, Tim was great, and, and we it turned out we had a bunch of mutual friends because he's also in the LA theater scene, and oh, so yeah, yeah. he was he was great. And you have a lot of great actors, a lot of diverse actors too. You have Margaret Cho in the first episode. Margaret yeah. Cho has adopted a black daughter, and she can't do the hair. <laughs> Bless her. And like, because it's the first time you see Coco. Yeah. Of course, when you first see her, like, oh, she a badass. Where's she going? Mm-hmm. And it almost feels like this kind of espionage, like kind of spy shit. Mm-hmm. And then you come to find out that it's hair care products to help <laughs> <laughs> fix his baby's hair, and it's so That's real. Fun. And it's, so, yes. it's like my Filipino relatives when my oh. cousins were younger. We got to fix that hair. Cousin Bobby just walked in. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny because I wrote on the show. Alan Maldonado right? just walked in. Uh-huh. I I wrote on the last OG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so so I'm excited to see what they did. Yes. <laughs> we just have random people coming in to hang yeah. out with us. They just come hang out. <laughs> but no, I I love the show. I love you have such interesting characters on there like you don't have filler characters like sometimes I watch web series or certain right. series and they'll have like people that's like eh, I don't really want to hang time right. but each of the characters on American Coco they can almost have their own episode by themselves mm-hmm. and following like Baldwin cracks me up mm-hmm. right. you know when he talks about his dad tried to send him to what was it like uh, Christian Love Camp Christian Love Camp because <laughs> <laughs> I guess the dad, the, dad, the dad thought he was gay and he wasn't but right. it's like he just had these tendencies I guess <laughs> he liked poetry yeah he liked poetry and like right. oh, okay great and you like I said you've got Lucky who's walking around like girl what you know whatever but you also have the the sister who does the 
I swear to God, I'm like this too. When you don't watch the real news anymore, like regular news, <laughs> and you just rather watch somebody else who watches it, who knows what they're talking about, who will give you a breakdown and give you everything you need to know. What's the character's name? She's um Irene Witness the news. So yes. Yeah, I don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. You be coming up. Okay. <laughs> but it's so real because it's like her and then her boyfriend on there and they're watching each other and you're just like, oh, they're so cute. Like I could watch an episode with just those two on there. Yeah. Like you have some great characters. Yeah. And I appreciate that because my time mm-hmm. is money. Like I don't right. just be watching shit just to right. be watching it because there's so much stuff out there. A lot of it's not very good. Right. So I appreciate the fact that you stick and move, you get in there, that story is popping, there's no wasted scenes yeah. and it's fucking funny. Right. Thank you so it's much. It's amazing. So I really, really appreciate the show and you got to tell me, we can say it off the air, I'm mad at Quan. Yeah. <laughs> because this shit is a setup. And I feel bad because he's, you know, he's the sexy dude. And it's like, oh, she finally found somebody that's her equal. And they can, and he's like, could be a traitor. So yeah, it's a hell of a cliffhanger. Could be a traitor. He could be a traitor. I love that kind and of description. And it's a cliffhanger. Because <laughs> what I did is I went back and I rewatched the last three episodes. Let me rewatch it again and make sure that my feelings, right. that I'm not just making up stuff. Like Quan is like, Oh, he might be, he, or he could he not might, be. See, you could tell from her. I don't know. He could be the love of her life. I mean, I'm hoping, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, he's a little suspect. It's a little sketchy, and I'm concerned. <laughs> like, am I gonna come back to the third season and be like? Man, Quan. Right. Like, do I got to go rush up on the actor for real? Well, you would not be alone. There are lots of black women on Twitter who are coming for him pretty hard. They don't Good. know if they want to sleep with them or slap them because of the same sort <laughs> And of sometimes you can have both. It might right. have to be that type or, of relationship. Right, or, right. It might have to be that kind of, you know, that relationship. Yes. Yeah, my feelings are hurt. Well, thank you, Dr. Mm. That was awesome. Thank you so much. You know me. I love you. I'm so proud of you. Love you too. Thank you for having me. See, this was painful. See, it was. I'm yeah. glad. I, I I'm glad you, girl. I we just talking. Just yeah. And like I said, like I said from jump <laughs> earlier, you know, it was like. It has to be. Was it two years ago? At least. There's no gotcha yeah. questions or anything like that. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. We research. got some for Alan, though. We got some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Sure. So what's what's next for American Coco? What's next for you? So we're definitely not done with this story and these characters. Hopefully, yeah. um, there'll be an announcement soon-ish, but um, there, will, there will be more Coco. Okay. Yeah. For okay. sure. sure. Um, and you should go and watch what we have so that you're all cut up, caught up. Tell forward. people to go where, to, where it's at again. Go to abc.com or the ABC app and look for American Coco, K-O-K-O. And then shout and then oh, holler at us on Twitter. I yeah, love at? I'm at, at Diara Oni, D-I-A, two R's A O N I. And where you at, Miles? What's yours? You know Miles by Heart? Miles Orion, right? Feld. The whole thing? Mm-hmm. At Miles Orion Feld. That's what's up. And yep. uh, I love the feedback and the memes and the gifts and all that yes. stuff once people have watched it. So. <laughs> I yeah. love where it. you at, Chris? I'm at unauthorized CBD on Twitter and on Instagram. You got any blogs you doing right now? Oh yeah, Shadowbox or Cinema. I'm working on my new piece about Sergio Leone eyes. You would. Sergio <laughs> <laughs> Leone eyes. Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. Where are you at, Lisa? Uh, you know I'm always on Twitter. I'm a Twitter junkie. I'm a Twitter fiend. <laughs> I was just saying, well, y'all come, y'all show. I'm a Twitter house mother. Nerd, like, nerds go in. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. And I feel bad because last night I did not do Saturday Night Sci-Fi. I was at a birthday party and we were drinking so much wine, and it got to be seven o'clock. It's like I'm supposed to be watching Vampire. Who was a Vampire? Oh, D, Vampire D. Hunter D. Oh right. And I was t- I was too I was too drunk. 
because I would have been tweeting inappropriate things. So I can't do it. I can't do it. So apologize, Geek Soul Brother. I wasn't on with the fam last night. But you can find me usually on Saturday Night Sci-Fi hashtag. Uh, you can find me on Bitch Flicks where I write online film criticisms with an intersectional feminist slant. Right. Uh, I'm in the latest book called Luminescent Threads, uh, Connections to Octavia E. Butler. So it's a book with scholars, writers, and artists who are talking about the impact of Octavia E. Butler, the black science fiction writer. So I have a piece in there. Go pick it up. Support, you know, writers who are bringing all the good stuff. And um, I think that's about it. And uh, I will say my pilot, The Climb, yes. will be on Amazon November 10th. November yes. 10th. Okay. Yes. Check it out, yes. please. Say the title one more time. The Climb. The Climb. Okay. On yeah. Amazon, bitch. Get it. Yes. Chocolate on Amazon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And catch up on American Coco, y'all, so y'all can be in my fields, because the next season that comes up, we're going to have to live tweet, because I'm going to be watching and see right. what Quan does. <laughs> <laughs> if he don't act right, he will catch these hands <laughs> on Twitter, okay? Yeah, I'll fight a boy. <laughs> I will fight him. You don't come up and, like, get all next to the girl, the homegirl, and then treat her wrong. I don't know yet. I'm just, I'm assuming. I'm just assuming. We yeah. don't know exactly what's going on. And I'm the host, Hilliard, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. Any questions, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. Um, big shout out to all the countries that are following us. We appreciate the love, the support. We just keep growing. Um, big shout out to Canada's always number two. Wow. And then England. Then Japan, China, Australia, South America, South Africa. Like, it's crazy. So, we love y'all. We appreciate it. Um, let me think. Um, shout out to everybody who came to the Black Scenes the other day at the Writers Guild. Oh, that was, that was off fun. the chain. That was fun. We had a great, we had a great time. DR and them acting like they busy. They didn't have time to come through. Fine. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't got no job. I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but we had, we had a crowded house, man. It was, it was off the chain. Alan, we're going to have you in next time doing a scene for us. I'll tell you about it. I'll tell you about it. <laughs> he said, yes, y'all heard it on here. <laughs> um, so anyway, we appreciate all you guys. Y'all know how we do it on the rant room. So um, on this show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? Wakanda. Wakanda. All right, Peace. people. Ciao. I'm going to say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. So you want to be a rider? Well, you got to be a rider. Till your fears are diminishing and doubts are behind you. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the Red Room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca. Sass in class. Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel. Say what you want. Welcome to the Red Room. Red Room.